0: viewers, you greetings. Thank you for logging on today. Share this out with your friends. I have a dear young man out of the Orlando area with me today, Mr. Antonio Santos. And mm-hmm. Antonio is also known as Antonio the artist. And I have seen his art. You need to see his art. He is the artist. So I am your host, Maggie Cavanaugh. And we're excited that you're here with us today. And if you're watching this on the replay on social media, hit hashtag replay. If you're watching this on Creative Motion Network, we thank you. We, we appreciate you and please get this into the hands of those that you know and love because today Antonio is going to share his testimony. Now I'm going to have him back next month because this guy is oozing with the love of Jesus and he's got so much insight from the Holy Spirit about the culture that we live in and the things that uh, we're dealing with in this day and age. But today I've got him on the show to introduce him to you so you can get used to his beautiful face. He's such an awesome guy. Him and his wife are just precious, precious. So Antonio, thank you for being on the broadcast.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. So you have been speaking quite a bit lately, haven't you?
1: I have. It was it was by accident. And yet, you know, on purpose, the Lord knows what he was doing. Uh, but but yeah, I had recently did a, a commentary on something that was happening in our culture. And that one video, it's not that it went viral, but it opened up tons of doors for talking to the church, talking to youth groups, talking to pretty much anybody in the, right now. Even cultures that are not Christian, and it was—it's been really awesome. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm so I can, grateful. Yes, I'm, I'm so glad grateful to be a voice and kind of share it forward.
0: Absolutely, because your commentary on that is very, very powerful. And so for those of you watching, you want to make sure that you catch the next broadcast. We're going to go we're going to go knee deep into that because he's going to give us some insight that the Lord has given him about the broken people and humanity uh, and how Jesus dealt with them and so forth. So I look forward to that. But yes. today, Antonio, you're willing to share some of your testimony. And uh, yes. it's a testimony that is just it really echoes the power of God. Yeah, We all sure. have some testimony. The Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So I just want to encourage you guys as he's speaking to to listen to what the Lord has done. I mean, it reminds me of that old Holy Ghost song that would make you shake a <laughs> tissue. Look what the Lord has done, you know? Because yeah. it's, it's so powerful, Antonio. So share with us uh, how you came in to know the Father the way you do.
1: Well, okay, so I started off... Um, I, I experienced church growing up, um, from the age of 12 to 17, my mother was radically saved in a Pentecostal church. And so I definitely got my foundations at a young age.
0: You know that the hanky shaking,
1: (laughs) right? And the tambourine is going. Yes. (laughs) So I, I had my fair share of just seeing, um, family, you know, I didn't get to see a strong community. It was a very small church for those five years that I was a part of it. Um, And, but I did get to see transformation in my mother. Uh, Mm -hmm. My, my father would come with us to church. My brother became like the little children's pastor, you know, because we, there was, there was nobody to serve in the church. So they just kind of plugged everybody in. And so we (laughs) experienced um, the Bible and, and stuff like that. But, but I had an internal struggle that was causing like some division. So, What I understood growing up in church is that if you sinned once, you know, you were unsaved. And so you needed salvation like every day. So I went to church like six days a week. And I always felt like this constant battle that I could never be saved. And it got so exhausting um, that I later, which I'll tell you guys uh, more of the story, I later became atheist. But to back up a little bit, this inner struggle that I was happening, 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 this inner struggle that I was having was with my sexuality. It was with my my beliefs. Like I wanted to ask questions, but I didn't know how many questions I could ask. You know, um, it just felt very. Ter- I don't know what the word is. A lot of turmoil in my heart. Even before knowing the word gay or knowing the word homosexual, I was already having attractions towards men. Um, at the age of four, I could remember. So I I I'm sure there was attraction before then. Like I. I felt from a very young age um, different from everybody else. And I, I didn't always like that about myself. I didn't like that I was super feminine or anything, but, but it is who, it, who I was. Um, I remember watching videos of myself and it wasn't only the, the feminine voice and the mannerisms, but I just hated my voice, my face, my body. Like There was, there was a self-hatred um, mm-hmm. towards myself that I couldn't get rid of. It didn't matter how many times someone complimented me and said, you're, you're handsome or look at my handsome boy. Like I had the love of my father and the love of my mother and there was still a self-hatred um, that just kept growing over the years. So up until the age of 17, um, I just didn't like anything about myself. And I remember that my mother had received epilepsy and so we could no longer go to church. So during this time uh, from 17 to 19, I was in college and in college, you get to dive into some ideas, some questions that you had that maybe the church wasn't prepared for. And other people were prepared, you know, and they began to to speak to these areas of my life that were untouched on, on, uh, they, they weren't, they weren't spoken into yet. And so as I asked questions to potentially the wrong people, they started to give me Answers that were from their heart, answers that were from their life experience. It wasn't from the Bible. It wasn't from the Lord. But no one was answering these questions of like, why do I feel the way that I feel? Or is it okay to feel the way that I feel? And I just remember in college, just feeling like a little bit free. I need to explore these areas of my life. I need to explore my sexuality a little bit more. And um, so 17 to 19, I start to explore that life. And for the first time I did feel alive and I did feel happy. And I was like, wow, maybe God isn't real because there's no lightning from the sky. There's no judgment. There's no hatred. There's no, like, I don't feel ugly anymore. And so, so be it. So I continue, I start to have relationships with men and stuff like that. And I'm like, wow, this is the best time of my life. I felt super happy and, and all these things. And so I remember at the age of 19, I had an encounter in my room, so here we are. I'm a church kid. I still love reading my Bible. I still love praying. Yet I considered myself an atheist, but I wasn't praying to God. It was such a confused time. Sure. Um, I wouldn't say I was confused in my uh, identity. I felt very sure of it, but I, I definitely was just all over the place. I took the best of any world that I liked and I made it my own, and that was what I considered to be good. I was like, I'm gonna be a good guy. You know, I'm, I'm. I'm going to stop hating myself, I'm going to love myself, and I'm going to um, love the world that I'm in and stop trying to fight so hard. And so at 19, I'm in my room, and I have an encounter with God, but at the time, I did not believe that it was God. I am laying in my bed, it's early morning, someone walks into my room, they lay next to me on my bed, and they cuddle with me. And that was not abnormal. I grew up in a very affectionate house. So I thought it's my mom, my dad about to go to work and they're just loving on me before going. And uh, so I feel the arm against my arm and the breathing on my neck and the leg against my leg. And it felt so pure and I didn't want to uh, stop that moment. So I just let them cuddle me. And then all of a sudden I hear the words, I'm no longer with you in a whisper. And Mm -hmm. I turn backwards and there's nobody on my bed. There's nobody laying behind me. And I'm like, okay, wow. You know, I don't know if this is a ghost. I don't know if I'm lucid dreaming. Like, I don't know what's happening, but I didn't at all think it was God. So later on that morning, I tell it to my mother and my mom still thinks I'm just a good Christian kid. She doesn't know that there's any difference. She doesn't know I'm living, uh, you know, dating a man or anything like that. And um, she says, Antonio, you know, uh, that doesn't sound like a ghost story. It sounds like Jesus. Maybe you just had an encounter with the Lord this morning. And I was, and for some reason, I have never been a vulgar person. I had never cursed in my life. I had never been angry. But in that moment, I wanted to curse my mom out. She's the last person I would ever disrespect. Um, and in that moment, it was like an anger came out of me. And so I left my house in a hurry because I couldn't handle her saying, Maybe it was
0: Jesus.
1: Yeah. So I go out to lunch with the friends and I'm like, somebody else is going to say something better. You know, and I'm like, hey, friend, you know, I have a good ghost story to tell you. Can I tell you what happened this morning? She's like, sure. And so I tell her the ghost story. And she says, Antonio, I don't think that was a ghost. I think it was Jesus. And again, this anger, which I've never had before because I've always been a peaceful dude. Um, She says, I'm like, either change the subject or I'm leaving because I don't want to have any conversation about God. And I had never felt that way before. Um, I didn't mind God conversation. But in that moment, it was like I was manifesting anger at the fact that someone was telling me it could have been Jesus. And I'm like, Jesus, what does he have to do with it? So I have this uh, encounter I tell my mom, I tell my friends, and everybody says, Jesus. And I'm like, yeah, no, it wasn't him. But thanks for, you know, being nice. So she changes the subject. And for the next hour, we're just studying for school. And she says, um, you know, before she says what she's about to say, I I start to get teary-eyed. And I just remember feeling the countenance of Jesus. Like, it was like... Um, the person I was as a kid in church growing up was what I saw in this girl. And I hadn't seen it in, you know, a couple of years. I hadn't felt that feeling that I had in church. Maybe it wasn't the perfect church, but there was, I knew the presence of God, I I guess, because I recognized it in that moment, right? So I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I feel what I felt in church as a kid and I don't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. Jesus isn't real, so why, you know? So, so be it. She goes, I don't know if I'm pushing it. I see that you're getting a little emotional, but do you wanna come to church with me? And I was like, yes, you know, like I I didn't know why I was saying yes, but I I said yes. And so I went with her to church that night and there were coincidences after coincidences, like all throughout the night, God just kept making himself real. At this point, I'm fully living the lifestyle. I'm happy, I'm, I'm atheist and here I am. And my happiness is being confronted with something that might be realer than my happiness. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in church, I'm observing the kids. They, they weren't kids, they were like teenagers and young adults. And I'm seeing them worship and it's authentic and it's real and it's deep. And I was like, why are they okay with their mascara running? Like, why are they okay like screaming at the top of their lungs? Why are they okay singing with passion? Like who is it that they believe in that's so, so real to them? So I remember speaking up that night and just saying, Hey guys, you know, um, I'm an atheist, please don't try to convert me. I'm just happy to be here. Um, (laughs) But, uh, but I'm, it's cool to see that you are authentic with what you believe. And I, I like friends like that. I love to be friends, people who are authentic with their lives. And like half the room just starts weeping. Mm -hmm. And, um, And I asked my friend, I'm like, what's going on? Like, why are your friends so weird? Why are they crying? And she goes, Antonio, you won't understand right now. Like that was her only response. And so I I was like, they're just weird. She goes, well, you can always come back and you can get to know them. So week after week, I kept going back to that church just because something was authentic. You know, I love authentic people. And I kept going and I kept having my eyes open during worship and I kept seeing something real. Something real was in the room, even if it wasn't something I believed. And about a month later, I have my second encounter. And I'm in my car, and I start to get that anger again. And I start screaming at the top of my lungs, alone in my car, just saying, you know, what is going on? I'm a happy atheist, and now <laughs> something is is potentially more real than this. And I'm just getting mad. I'm like, if I if I start to follow a God again, I'm going to be religious and boring and, and life is going to suck. And like, I just, I, I had like this preconceived idea of what following God would be like. And I'm like, but there is no God. Like, this is the best I've ever been. You know, like I, I couldn't understand. I don't want to change. I don't want to transform. Like, I don't agree with anything the Bible says, you know, and I just remember having this argument And in that moment, I just felt the Lord say, you're not arguing with yourself anymore. You're arguing with me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh man, this is the worst day of my life that I am happy and God would say he's real because that means my happiness is coming to an end. And -hmm. that was what I understood. And I, I said, you know, thankfully my church had taught me my foundations and I knew enough that if God was real, which is what I, you know, I'm sure I prayed that prayer at one point. God, if you're real, show yourself. And he didn't show up, so I went my own way. Mm -hmm. But when he showed up, now I have a decision to make. Do I go to hell? Do I separate from him? Or do I just take the best of two evils and follow this boring God? And that was my decision. And I was like, I guess... I guess today's the day then you can have my heart. This sucks. By the way, I'm not going to change. I'm not going to break up with my boyfriend. I'm going to continue on and hopefully you like it because I'm not, I I don't care what you have to say. I'm just going to come with you. And I just felt the Lord respond with confidence and gentleness, um, which we spoke about before this video. And he just responded, if you follow me, you'll love me. Mm -hmm. And he goes, if you give me a piece of your heart, that's enough. I can work with that. And I said, "Well, I want to want you, but I don't." And I I I want to desire you. I I want to want you, but I don't. And there was something else I said, I can't remember, um but it, that was my prayer. I want to want you, but I don't. Mm-hmm. And he said, "I can work with that." And that was the beginning of my salvation and walking with the Lord. Did I repent? Not immediately, but I did start to let him in. And about 6 months passed and I just kept doing everything wrong to prove to God, look, me and you don't mix. I'm purposely showing you that you shouldn't have come for me. I'm better without you. And every day I just felt the kindness of God. I felt his embrace. I felt his hug. I felt his presence. I felt his gentleness and his response to all of my actions was a touch rather than a lightning bolt. And he was, I was pursuing you. He was pursuing me. Like he knew how to handle my heart, you know? and he never sent people to scream at me. He just sent people to, to love me, to position me. Like, he's like, mm-hmm. my friends would, they never brought up the things that I would bring up. They just brought up, Hey, sit here, get in the fire, get in the presence, you know, sit here while we worship, you know? And they just kept positioning me in the presence of God, maybe because mm-hmm. they knew the secret weapon was the presence of God. Yeah. And,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, like, it's like so, so many times we try to correct the symptoms of the heart and, and, when you meet someone who understands that it's a whole heart that needs renewing, then yes. they know the remedy is to sit with Jesus, you know? Yes. So they just kept facing me face to face with Jesus. They're like, stop looking there, look here, you know, like stop looking at what you shouldn't do and look at who he is, you know? And, and, and the more they did that, the more kindness I experienced, because when you look into the eyes of Jesus, you, you see life for what it is yeah and and six months pass, and I'm doing everything wrong, and he's doing everything right, and that scripture comes to pass. It is the kindness of God that leads men Jesus to repentance. to
0: repentance
1: yes. exactly, and it comes to a point where I'm broken and I recognize my unholiness, and it wasn't my sexuality it wasn't it wasn't the little things, and he's like An- antonio like this is so much greater than a sexuality issue or a struggle or, you know, like, I don't understand why, like, you humans, like, you think so small. Like, this is, this is a heart issue. I want to give you a new heart. This is the way that God would speak to me. He would take it much deeper. I would say, don't you see that I'm gay? And he's like, Antonio, stop putting up your masks. What I see is what I've created and I want to show you who you are. You simply don't know who that is. Wow! And these are the kinds of conversations I would be like, yeah, but I'm good. And he's like, you don't know what good is. I am good. And he goes, it was never about good and bad. It was always about life and death. Give me what you think is good and I'll teach you what good is. Give me what you think is kind and I'll give you what kindness truly is. Give wow. me what respect is and I'll give you what respect truly is. Like, he's like, you don't know until you've encountered me. And so this is the kinds of conversations I would have with God is I would give him something and he would wreck it and he'd be like, let me show you what it truly is. And I remember after those six months that one day I was looking in the mirror and s- somehow the words spewed out of my mouth, I love you. And I was like, uh, oh my gosh, I love myself. I couldn't believe that, that for once in my life I believed to those words. And I looked at my eyes and I'm like, oh my gosh, your eyes are beautiful. And I looked at my nose, my really big nose, my big Italian nose. And I'm like, I like the shape of my nose. And I looked at my smile, the thing I hated to do. I hated smiling because I always felt like a vampire. And I'm like, my smile is nice. And somehow (laughs) in that moment, I could see myself through the Lord's eyes of a beautiful creation. And I couldn't believe that I loved myself after 19 years. No one else could do that. And I was like, God, if you can make me love myself in a moment, you must be super powerful. I'm mm-hmm. gonna follow you. I'm sorry that I fought you. I'm sorry that I disagreed with you. I still disagree, but but I trust you enough to follow you with my heart now. And it was in that moment that I was like, I have to follow this God who made me love myself. Wow. And keep in mind, I'm still dating my boyfriend. I'm still doing these things, but he made me love myself. And And if you're married, then you know it is when you experience love that you want to love back. Like, you know, so he loved me so much that I wanted to love him back. And the way to love him back was to obey. You know, yeah. that's why he says, if you love me, you'll obey you'll me. obey me. Yeah. And he's not saying if you obey me, you'll, that's my, your love. He's not, he's not shaming you. He's saying a natural result of love is obedience. Yes, yeah. it's the same thing in marriage that we want to honor one another, respect one another because of love. You yes. love me and I want to love you back. I want to do this right. You, you did something for me. I want to say thank you with my life. I want to say thank you with my actions and my words. Yes. Um, even the day I got married, I, I was like, God, how do I say thank you to everybody who gave? He's like, live in holy matrimony. That's the best thank you you can give. And he just kept reminding me that a thank you for a miracle is to use that for him. And mm-hmm. I said, if you gave me a self-love, I'm going to use the self-love for you. I'm going to use these gifts, these things that you keep giving me, my freedom. You gave me freedom. Suddenly, I i didn't want to do certain things. My desires were changing without me wanting them to change. i yeah. I, had, I told the Lord, I don't want to change. And yet here I was transforming <laughs> because if Christ is in you, it's a natural result. You're going to transform. You're a new creation. And so as that was happening, I was like, I guess I'm going to my best way to say thank you with my little life is to give it back to you.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's
1: what I did. And, and it's amazing to see what life has become. You know, I, I'm a little artist who happens to have traveled the world and spoken into thousands of hearts at this point. You know, I'm like, how did it get there? I was just a little Orlando artist working at Universal, going to college. And I, quit my job and quit school, sold my car and started from scratch. And now I've traveled the world. And, and I'm like, I, I've traveled to multiple countries, 30 plus missions trips, uh, which I never wanted to be a missionary. And I fought against it. I fought against that call. I was like, there's more than enough to do in Orlando. Ain't nobody want to go anywhere else. And, And the Lord sent me and he showed me and he taught me and I have seen so many miracles. I have seen so many deliverances. I've seen so many people set free. I've seen people come into the knowledge of their true identity in Christ. I've seen a, a, a wave. Like you said, you met, you got to know me through an interview I did after the poll shooting. I, I've come to see a movement of men and women who have walked away from their chosen lifestyle to choose Jesus. Yes. You yes. know, and, and that's, beautiful like that i've been able to live through a history such a a a colorful beautiful history and to see the move of god in my generation and it's only been 11 years and i can't imagine the next you know however much longer i have i'm like this is gonna be great i finally get to be a part of history i'm no longer an ordinary person
0: Oh, I don't know that you've ever been ordinary, but I'm sure that the enemy comes in at an early age to tell us, you know, that same whisper, that same lie, that you're not good enough, you'll never measure up. Yes. You know, self-hatred is is just is prevalent, and yeah. it's prevalent in what we see today with a lot of the young people. I know I went through it myself whenever I was young. I mean, majorly self-hatred. Didn't even really recognize it as that, and then later on in life, Uh, you know, I was having a a lot of uh, health issues and so forth. And I, I had a Dr. Henry Wright was teaching about emotional wounds and how they contribute to physical ailments. And he was talking about, you know, I had all these uh, diagnoses of autoimmune diseases. And he said, well, you know, a lot of that comes from self-hatred. And I'm like, I don't hate myself. (laughs) I
1: don't
0: hate myself. I like myself you know and so but it took a long time to recognize that that's what it was wow you know the the cutting the kids are doing the the self-mutilation and all the things it's all rooted in self-hatred and and your I I love your your testimony because it is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And it's not the, you know, it's not the bullhorn guy with the sign going, you're going to hell, you know? Yeah. Let me ask you this, Sonia. Uh if you would have went into that church and somebody would have been like, um, you're gay. You you yes. don't belong here." What would what would, would you have even went back?
1: It, that really depends on the Lord. I'm sure I'm sure I would Recognize. So authenticity recognizes authenticity and yes. the gay community just wants to be authentic. That's their true desire. They're are They don't want to be fake, but they know that if they're authentic, it's against the Lord. So that's mm-hmm. the turmoil. But their yeah. true heart is to be authentic. And that's why the Lord will meet you there. So when you go into a church and you feel like either you have to change or they come at you and they tell you you're 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 going to hell then they're revealing that their authenticity is that they don't know the love of God. Like we recognize that you don't even know the love of God and why should I stay here? Because if I'm going to shift over, if I'm going to give my life, if you go for example, to China, right? And right. in China, when they receive the gospel, their gospel is, if you follow Jesus, you can lose your life, your family, your job, you know, like you can be tortured for this, right? So. As a, as a homosexual coming into the faith, I'm not going to compare it to China. But what I will say is you're coming in realizing I'm giving up everything about myself. Yeah. And everybody has to go through that. But we recognize it as this is a big deal. And if I walk into a room where you don't even know the love of God that you're coming at me like that, I can recognize that you're not there yet either. And so it kind of mm-hmm. causes you to like delay the process. Sure. I think a lot of homosexuals know the truth. They just choose the easier path, which is I'm going to choose love until true love comes my way. And, and sometimes we just get so caught up in the life that, that, that you lose touch with what you, re- what you really wanted, you know? So it's, it's sure. kind of that. It's like the church can delay the process if they themselves don't recognize that the love of God, mm. the kindness of God is what leads men to repentance. It's like, remember your testimony. Your own testimony, just like you say it. It's like, I need to remember what drew me to the Lord because that's what's going to draw other people to the Lord. Why is it that I was drawn by the kindness and then I come and I say, hey, by the way, you're going to hell. I'm like, no one did that to me. I'm just, you know, like I should should respond to them the way God responded to me. And that's how I try to remember. I'm like, God, help me to remember what you did and to be patient with other people's processes the way you're being patient with me.
0: Wow. Yeah. And he had same way with me. He was so gentle with me. He's so loving. And so he loved me at my worst. He loved me when I couldn't love myself. He, you know, I mean, he was just wooing me, drawing me, you know, that you would come to the Lord by his spirit, the Holy Spirit coming after us. And he aggressively came after you. I mean, you had encounters. That's pretty yeah. massive. He yeah. was like, but I believe that God, I mean, well, we know that God knows the end from the beginning. And right. he knew the lives that were going to be touched and the and the generation that you were going to be able to reach with yeah. your testimony. And because, you know, I've heard you speak multiple times and, I, you know, I've been watching you recently as you're doing this 40 day Bible challenge and you're you're digging into the word and you're just chewing it up and everything. And And that's when you know and you see the authenticity of a believer because they are walking in rhythm with what God is saying. God right. is saying, I love you. I want you. I know what's better for you. That's right. not who you are. That's not right. who I created you to be. So Antonia, what about all the churches now? There's so many churches that have come out and said, it's okay. It's all right. You know, I, I know what God's word said, but right. that's really not the the real deal that people wrote that. And so we don't it. adhere to that. Um, you know, I guess it's referred to as, um, um, uh, I, don't even, I can't even think of the term that we use now for the change that's happening in the church. What would you say to that? Do you, does that shock you?
1: It doesn't shock me. I think people are, w- once again, wanting to love well. And in the process, they, they're not handling the truth well. So it's kind of like, you know, you're just, you're going from one ditch to the other. Um, one could be better than the other, who knows? But point being, I would definitely say, like, we need to stay in the word. And we need to ask good questions. Ask the Holy Spirit, why yeah. is homosexuality wrong? And I, I asked those questions at the beginning of my walk. And the Lord's like, well, first follow me. And then, and then I'll show you along the way when you're ready. And so as the years passed, um, he revealed the answers to my questions through things that had nothing to do with sexuality. And he's like, it's much deeper. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. if, you, if you saw, like after all these years, you realize that everything about your life reflects back to me. Mm -hmm. It should be a shadow of things to come. He goes, then marriage is no longer about a man and a woman or a man and a man or a woman and a woman. It's about covenant. And I want you to shadow the things to come. I want you to shadow that the church is mine. I want you to shadow that I'm the groom and you're the bride. He goes, that's what your marriage should reflect. It's not about you finding a woman. It's not about you being with a man. He goes, I want you to reflect kingdom come. And he goes, everything about you is kingdom come. And so um, I cannot reflect kingdom come m- married to a man. I can't reflect kingdom come married to any woman for any reason. I can only reflect him with purpose. I can reflect him with the life that I live. Um, another thing was that he commanded us to be fruitful and multiply. And I'm in direct mm-hmm. disobedience to that when I, when I am... Uh, sexually active with a man. I cannot be fruitful and multiply and be fruitful and multiply within covenant and create for me a legacy, a people that will worship me. Right. So it's like, so once again, I want to be in godly covenant and create a legacy for him. Kingdom come. Like, so he's just like, your whole life should reflect kingdom come. Does your relationship reflect kingdom come? If not, put it to the side and keep following me you know like even if it's Amen. a straight relationship put it to the side and follow me cuz everything every every job you take every act of faith to go on a missions trip it shouldn't be about just you this is kingdom come what are you going to do like how is it going to reflect kingdom come like any ministry you take on is it kingdom come you know so this is the constant words going through my head is how am i reflecting jesus mm-hmm. with my with my personality my jokes my eyes my mouth my nose like how is my craft? How is my acting? How is my, my walk, my dance? How can I reflect kingdom come? Because wow. that's all Jesus did. Every time he spoke, you know, even we were talking about it on Mother's Day. He says, um, his mom and his brothers come to the door and he says, who are my mother and my brothers, but those who do the will of the father. Uh, he wasn't insulting his mom right. and brothers. He was taking yet another opportunity to explain kingdom come. And, and so it's just like everything Jesus did and said, it was, a lot of people take it as an offense as to what he was saying, but no, everything he said was a constant kingdom come. This is a shadow of things to come. Here's another opportunity. See that tree? Okay, that's kingdom come. See that wedding feast? Okay, that's kingdom come. Okay, see this? And he just constantly brought it. He's like, the mm-hmm. point is I want to be reconciled with you. And yeah. so I think if churches can remember the heart of the matter, then they won't go off the deep end and just love people to the point where they're comfortable in church. And they won't go off the deep end to run them away where they don't want to come to church. They'll come to a place that hits the spirit um, and wow. they'll, they'll be able to love somebody enough that even when they feel rejected, they still want to come by Amen. Because, because Jesus draws the heart, you know, Amen. So that's what Amen. I'm believing for taking on a form of Amen. godliness, but also having his power. Wow, wow.
0: So, was it Boom Church that you visited that time?
1: It was yes wow. it was
0: okay. shout out to pastor Frank and Agnes I love these people they yes. are real you know, I was early in my walk when I met them yeah uh, and and they have I have a forever imprint on my heart uh especially Agnes uh, if it wasn't for that I mean I was birthing learning prayer and ministry from that woman she's absolutely amazing yes. and you're in a good house and that's yes. what it takes y'all so if you are in a house that is not speaking the truth with love okay right. because you know uh what is that movie there was an old movie in the 80s it's like i think it's jack nicholas and it goes you can't handle the truth uh, you right. know? i mean you, you, we've got to present him well we've got yes. to walk in rhythm with what he's saying we've got to be sensitive to what the holy spirit is saying because everybody has sin and just because someone chooses to sin differently than you doesn't give you Um, the avenue to be able to push them farther away whenever God's trying to bring them in. We need to be conduits of love, but we also need to mix that with truth and walk it out so the people will be drawn to him. You know, there's an old Christian song. People will know that we are Christians by our love. But we also have to love people to the point where we can't speak the truth. Yes. And and, uh, you know, when the Holy Spirit is mixing with the heart, he's going to take care of that. He's going to get in there because he's he's taking all that heart of stone and turning it into a heart of flesh. And it's a process for yeah. all of us. So I know we don't have a lot of time here, but I want you to talk for a moment. Uh, you are a creative min, uh, missionary.
1: Yeah.
0: And and, and you um, can you explain to the viewers that don't understand that whole aspect of creative missionary? Talk about that for a moment.
1: Sure. Um, So when I first got saved, I I um, right before I got saved, I was doing a painting of um, it was for college and I was doing a picture of me being crucified. And it said, are we even right? So this was this was the imagery that I was creating before the Lord. And the whole idea was I didn't ask you to die for me. Why should I live for you? This was my mindset. So when I got saved, I put down the brush and I said, "Okay, maybe I shouldn't be creating and the Lord immediately said, No, no, no. You're going to pick up your brush and I'm going to show you how to use your craft in a pure way. And it's going to be your key into the entire world. Wow. And so I know that you're very much about keys. And so, yes. <laughs> but those are the exact words. This will be your key into the entire world. And so I, um, became a full-time artist from that point forward. And that was, you know, shortly after I left my job, I left school, I sold my car and I just did art full-time. And I connected with the people um, that do uh, creative ministry. And I just sat under them until I, until it became who I was. But, uh, so creative ministry is this, you're recognizing that the gifts you have are not only a hobby, but they are a tool in the hands of God. If you develop them and you practice them, then God can adapt in any scenario through you. And so my crafts create platforms that wouldn't otherwise exist. Um, I can't always walk into a bar and just get up on the bar and speak, but I can walk into a bar and be a live painter on the side and create those one-on-one conversations or I can go on the street and bring out my flags and dance and create a little crowd and then give a word. Or I can... um, I could be, I do like a kid's ministry and I, I, we go to family expos and I'll act like a character and that character has kingdom values. And so it's like, how can I use every gift that I have to create platforms that wouldn't otherwise exist? Cause God wants to come on the scene. Yes. And my craft yes. is that it becomes that stage for him. And, um, and so every year I just take on a new creativity and I'm like, okay, what am I gonna learn this year? And what's really cool is your creativity has a particular influence, like you know realms of influence. So as a painter, I can now carry conversations with artists. As a macrame artist, I can now carry conversations with other macrame artists. As a, as a, um, uh, what's it called? Stepping into fashion, I can now go into uh, runways and stuff like that and connect with people who love hair and makeup. And so it's like, what crafts open up new realms and new people that you can speak to um and uh and one you get to enjoy it in the process but two you get to reach unreached people groups and sometimes it's not always africa in the bush it's it's uh the drama team it's um the circus crew it's you know it's uh the photography sessions downtown in the park like like who are these unreached people groups that you it's the it's the yoga crew like i don't know like find people that 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 connect with the things that you love and that's your common ground, and then you reveal your culture and your life with them through friendship. And so, so creative ministry is just fun ministry.
0: <laughs> it's, you,
1: yes, you still, it is. And, and you learn you learn people through it, and you realize that everybody is very similar and very common, even though we all express it differently. And um, and so, I've just learned people through the process of of encountering all types of people, and and then. And then creativity helps you to be diverse in conversation, and uh, and so you can now talk to a businessman and a drag queen and a and a transgender and a drug addict. All and you realize it's like the same words, like they the intricacies of their hearts are very similar. Yes, and, um, and so it it keeps me creative and sharp in the way that I can bring forth truth.
0: Wow. I just love the way the Lord flows through you because I've seen you in action. Uh, You know, for those of you that don't know, he alluded to it earlier. First time I seen Antonio was on a panel uh, after the shooting in Orlando. uh, There was the um, the pulse Mm -hmm. and it was horrible. And but he was speaking so profoundly, I was like, I told my husband, I said, check this guy out. He gets it. He totally gets it. And so then we started following him. And my husband is a a starting artist. And and we started looking at his artwork. You are incredibly gifted. And I know that that comes from the Lord. And I'm so grateful. So I am going to share the link to his page on this chat stream for social media. But if you are watching this on Creative Motion Network, I want you to still go check out his website. Uh, Antonio, is it is it Artist.com?
1: Yes, my website is antoniotheartist.com. And then if you're able to see my name, I also have my Instagram down below.
0: Yes follow him on insta follow him on facebook Fa- i i i absolutely love his lives because you know he'll be sitting sometimes he's sitting there painting with you know just music on walking us through being creative with the paintbrush my husband uh mimicked one of your paintings one time it was that's so right yes I yes that. yes oh my and he's like i'm gonna do every single step he does and that antonio is What we, what you're doing with the Father, you're looking to the Father, and you're saying, "I'm going to do what I see you do," Uh, and and that's what Jesus, that's living like Jesus, because Jesus said, "You know, I'll do what the Father does," and you are are running after that, reaching people, and and we're going to talk more. We're going to have Antonio back because I absolutely love his heart, and there's so much that we could not get into this broadcast. But Antonio, if you could leave them with one key, what would that key be? Hmm.
1: If you want to reach anyone, one, you have to be before the Lord and you have to know his love for you. And then you can give that love. Anything you've received from the Father is good. And so give that goodness back and you'll see that the same way your heart is being reached is the same way their hearts are being reached.
0: Wow. That's very powerful. Very, very powerful. Before the broadcast, we were talking about the importance of being in the word and and talking about the book of James. And we're going to talk about more of that in the next broadcast. But Antonio, I want to thank you for taking the time to be on here with me today. Viewers, please share this with someone that needs a message of hope. You may have a loved one that you think they're so far gone that you know God can never get their attention. Look, he showed up. And for Antonio, pursuing yeah. him and God is no respecter person. And you might not have that encounter where God shows up in your bedroom at night or in your car, but his word is speaking to you, is yeah. drawing you. He desires to be with you. So get in a safe environment where you can hear from him and follow his lead. Thank you so much, oh. Antonio.
1: Before God you was, leave, before yes. you leave, you brought up something. You may not have had an encounter in your room or in your car, but many of you have, and you simply ah. don't want to recognize it. Because Ooh. those moments weren't super oh, powerful. On. It sounds super powerful. But in those moments, it was very normal and ordinary. And you have to recognize even the ordinary moments where God is speaking to you. I'll give one example. There was a man at a gas station and we were evangelizing that day. And so three of us go up to a man pumping gas. And we're like, what are you expecting from God? Like, what, you know, what are you looking for? And he's like, well, I just want to have an encounter. I'm a PK I've never had God come to me or whatever. And we're like, is not three men walking up to you while you're getting gas and encounter?" And he's like, ah, maybe. And we're like, no, no, no. You're not recognizing the encounters you are having. Ooh. And I encourage you to, to be thankful for the way that he is coming because if, if you want more, it's not going to come because you're not recognizing what has already come. And so be aware that God is pursuing your heart. And, uh, and I've seen that happen over and over and over. It's not that you're not getting encountered. It's that you're choosing not to receive the encounter.
0: Oh, that's so good. And that's so true. That is so true. I'm glad you, I'm glad you added that because yeah. that is incredibly powerful. I know there were times in my life where after I surrendered and I'm not going to say after I started going to church, cause that was right. a process. Okay. Yeah. After I surrendered where I'd seen the hands of God all throughout my life and trying to get my attention and so forth. So, you know, and, I, and I, I was doing the whole thing. I mean, I, ha, I used to say, "Well, I had the prayer say, for instance, of the sissy hanging in the dining room, and the Lord's prayer, and I had a Bible on my coffee table. It had a bunch of dust, and I had no clue what it meant. But, but you know, I thought that I was a Christian, right? Yeah. You know, I was a Catholic as a kid and I just thought that, you know, and then I went cat to bad to Costal. Now I'm just a dedicated surrendered vessel, you know? Yeah. And so, yes, he is encountering you. He's speaking all the time, yeah. but are we listening? So yeah. listen, listen and, and watch Yeah. and, uh, and he'll show up. God bless you, Antonio. Thank you. I can't wait till next month when we have another conversation thank you
1: yes thank you bye guys
0: get this out to your friends god bless you guys we'll see you next time right here on keys to your best life